And we are live, Wrestle Purist Worldwide, hosted by myself, Joe Hulbert, back up Hangman, even of Wrestle Purist, back again, Worldwide Trio. You know what it is. Uh, we've uh, we've been putting in we've been putting in them big shifts lately. You know, we did the free streams yesterday and uh, got another busy week, AEW Revolution week. We got a few things to talk about as well. We'll recap the weekend real quick as well. We'll do all those things that you're used to. But yeah, man. Gonna get into it. First things first, please like, subscribe, send any super chats with any questions, any takes, any opinions, any predictions, anything at all. We'll get them read out as soon as we can. Turn on the post notifications. Hope everyone had a good weekend. Starting with my fellow co-host Joe Hall, but what's going on? Nothing much, man. I'm still recovering from last night's um shenanigans, I'll say. Uh, fiasco, maybe will be more fitting. I'm still recovering. You can probably tell my voice. Not the man I used to be, but I'm here to make the town nonetheless. Long after and, uh, party. It was, yeah, it was tough, but worldwide is, you know, you got to make worldwide. That's just, yeah, it's tradition. It Wrestling heritage, you know? So, uh, <laughs> you're right, we are going to take it easy. I do want to warn everyone now that I look at the title for this video, like, bro, we ain't doing it. There's not going to be any insight heritage, on this show. Bro. Yeah, this is going to be, honestly, this is going to fucking suck, and I can't wait. I'm excited. <laughs> Uh, I think we'll make something of it, you know? We'll, right. we'll make something of it. Ibu, Ibu, back up, Hangman, what's going on with you? What's going on is... Uh, I'm, I'm in here with, with, with a couple... Uh, it was, what's, what's going on here, man? Which, the, 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 road is, the road is the road, brother. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. as energetic as ever. I'm not feeling <laughs> nothing, you know? I did two shows yesterday. I could have done a five-hour space afterwards, and I'm back today. I'm refreshed. I'm feeling good. I had me a nice hot shower, you know, and uh, damn, man, I'm here to talk some graps. And then I'm going to watch some graps live. Then I'm going to watch some old graps after that. Then I'm going to do some fucking push-ups. Then I'm going to wake up and do another stream tomorrow. <laughs> this is the life of the fucking road, baby. This is a grind. Hashtag strive for greatness, LeBron James. Let's do this thing, you know? As for tonight's show, it's probably going to suck. Joe just shaking his head like, nah, that's not for me, man. You know? <laughs> <Worst thing. laughs> I don't do I don't do PEDs. I know what that did to the, the grapples <laughs> yesterday, but, you know. It was into that kind of thing. That's fine. We'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm pointing at my goosebumps in my forearm right now. You, know? <laughs> hey, man, you see the thumbnail? Yeah. <laughs> see the thumbnail? Yeah, I saw it. It's good. I mean, it's a great fun now. It's just you know, our title is the Rock's love for the game. Hey man, <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. You know, let's go straight into it. Let's talk about the Rock's love for the game, as he has announced on his Instagram that it was already announced that he's going to be on SmackDown this Friday, but he's also included two other dates in his Instagram post. You know. So we do, we get in basically the next three weeks, including this week. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, SmackDown, three in a row. Who would have thought it, Joe Hall? But well, I'm worried, and here's for why: right. if he shows up regularly, is there not a chance that he kills the goosebumps bit? Because like, I feel like part of the goosebumps. I could be wrong. I've never asked Dwayne, but. It feels like part of the goosebumps is the fact that it's kind of like a rare thing when he shows up, right? And the place pops and it's Dwayne and he comes out and does the thing. But if he's there every week, do the goosebumps end, Ibu of WrestlePurious, or do they simply expand? You tell yeah. me. Oh, they're, they're going to expand, obviously. Really? Absolutely. 
This guy had seven bucks in his pocket, Joe. I've heard that on occasion, yeah. Do we think he keeps with this? This gimmick, where he sort of has like a gun. I, sort think, of. I, think, I think he corrects it all. Yeah, I think he corrects it. He has three <laughs> tries to fix that. So I, I, I'm saying by the second SmackDown, he'll, 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 he'll do the right the right one. Really? Do you not think <laughs> it's law? Do you know he's going for law with that? No, someone predicted this. Someone was like, notice how Dwayne was standing perpendicular to Roman Reigns when he was saying uh, whatever the fuck he was saying about Cody. And they were like, what if this is an inside job and Rock is working in conjunction with Cody? And, da, 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 and that's a gun intentionally because he's not really with the bloodline. He's with his own little group. It's like, all right, bro. That's the worst case scenario. That's the most boring. Like, if it, it's explained that when he whispered to Cody, he was just saying, like, you know, watch the clothesline, brother. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> that would be the lamest thing ever. It would be way better if Dwayne was just an actual like, insane. You, Joe, what, what if what if there's a splinter cell operation within the bloodline, and Roman has his own his own subgroup that he's forming, and they're gonna do the gun symbol? <laughs> <laughs> like, what if like Jacob and Zilla walked in, and then like they beat up the other Samoans and they throw up and it's a bunch of guns up, and it's like <laughs> I'm wrong. The actual worst case scenario. Is that is oh. is the Seth freaking is a heel one when he's the one where he turns on Cody? Not that's the worst scenario. I don't, I think I just give up at that point. <laughs> yeah, I actually agree. To be honest, if Seth, if that is kind of the if that was like the big payoff in like the Mania Cody Seth Alliance thing, then Jesus Christ, you know, like, uh, but you know. As far as it goes, I'm, I'm, in, I'm enjoying Dwayne's, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's not made, he's not made um, too much of an embarrassment of himself any time just yet, you know, <laughs> still time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't count him out yet. He's, he's got three weeks to work on that. But, uh, I mean, some of the material is going to be unfortunate in it, but, you know, it is what it is, and it's Dwayne. I'll just, I love DJ. You know, I was saying, I was saying it to Joe just before, uh, before we went live. But look, it, it's funny, it's funny, it's it's funny how easy it is for these big stars to actually be at work when, uh, when they want to be, you know, <laughs> when, when they actually want to be there. You know, it's just like boof, three smackdowns in a row, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah, you know? like when you re- like when you really think about, like when you really think about it, you know, they all like, oh, you know, schedule and Roman's the fucking he's around barely, and then it's like. Dwayne actually like cares about wrestling. He's like, three smack- yeah, I can do three smackdowns. And it's like, yeah, just fucking fly in. Like, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't have to get there earlier or either, because no. I was saying to Monty, he, no one's gonna give him shit to say. So he can literally show up like within hours yes. of the show, within he, a couple of hours of the show. When, you know when the gender Joe, the gender thing was figured out in a helicopter with Brian Gortz on in that raw day one segment thingy? Like, he he was in the helicopter with Brian, just figured out what he was gonna do, flew in, got there like before TV started, and just did it. He can literally leave after his segments. So we're definitely going to get like, you know, that the like blood and rock, like locker room thing they have, the kind of yes. lair they have where yes, they, the they plan and plot. We're going to get like a tremendous backstage kind of play call situation with Jim Uso, right? That's like a lesson yes. ever, right? Did anybody catch the one they did on this week's SmackDown with him and uh, Roman? It, I did pe- not know. People uh, like to do the thing of, you know, Ibu hates fun, but. I gotta say, this uh, this Jimmy Roman thing is, is starting to pop me. It's starting to get really funny. He uh, 
he was doing this thing where he was like, hey, Oos, you saw what I did to Jay on, on Monday, Oos? You saw that, Oos? And Rome was like, yeah, no, I saw that. That was uh, that was interesting. Uh, we'll call that play. And he was like, it, it was Paulie, Oos. Paulie called that play. And Rome was like, no. And he's like fake laughing. He's like, I call the plays here. And then Jimmy like gets like all nervous and shit. And then he's just kind of like, nah, I'm playing. It was good, bro. It was like, good shit. And, and like, he looks like he's about to dab J- uh, Jimmy. Jimmy puts his hand out, and then Roman just like immediately gets serious again and like turns back to like Heyman. And I was like, oh my god! Like the verb, the facial acting in the scene was really, really funny. So uh, yeah, J- Jimmy kind of pops. Takes you down at the pace, eh, brother. I know? guess so. Yeah. <laughs> out of the two dumb, Raw and SmackDown both had their designated dumb guy that's supposed to make you laugh between our truth and, uh, and and Jimmy Uso. And uh, I'll, I'll say that the the funnier of the two dumb guys right now is is Jim Uso. Good. Great. What a great honor. <laughs> yeah, right? Best dumb guy. <laughs> Honestly, in, in, in every year-end award, there should be a funniest wrestler award, I think. Genuinely. Because oh, comedy Could you imagine, good. like, Osprey would try and win that, too? Oh, could you imagine the that spots would be, he would place into his matches just to try and win it? I don't think he'd try. I don't think he'd do that. It's an award, Any, bro. He any would. award. Who Kit, would? Maybe. Who would have won 2023? Yeah, who would have won the Wrestle Purist 2023 funniest wrestler of the year? Bronson Reed. <laughs> I, uh, Nana's the funniest person in wrestling to me because of the he's band. very funny. Yeah, he's, he's very, very funny. funny. We in the money. <laughs> but uh, as a wrestler, I'm not sure. Who's the funniest? Who's like actually funny, like genuinely funny. That's a hard one. Not not that many people. There's definitely a lot of wrestlers that are unintentionally funny. Yes. Oh, yeah. Cody Rhodes is like hysterical. Really and I, I don't think he knows why necessarily, but the funny. Um, oh my god, Joe! When he came back at the Rumble last year, and he was in a press conference, and he was just he just drinks a sip of Mountain Dew, and he's like, "God, I love Mountain Dew Pitch Black." And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, he's he's ridiculous." Juice Robinson's a good suggestion. Juice is quite funny. funny. Juice is good too because he like he makes it part of his like wrestling oh, package. Oh, oh, you know? oh, it's Christian Cage. It's probably Christian Cage is the funniest wrestler. Yeah, mm, Christian Cage. Oh, Christian Cage. Yeah, that's a funny wrestler. Um, not Dan Housen. I don't know who put that in the chat. No, it was Caden, fucking freak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm blocking Caden. Uh, <laughs> let's see who else we got here. Yeah, someone, no one, someone said no Gato. One in the chat. <laughs> Kevin Owens, I liked Kevin Owens' bit where he like he would like hate the format of wrestling television. That, that was, was a good a fun bit. bit. That was a fun yeah. bit. John Cena's a good show. <laughs> yeah. John Cena. He's he's funny, show. bro. Every time he takes his hat off, he's funny. Now that's just <laughs> crazy. <laughs> That um, shitty, like, fucking, like, TV news reporter hairdo with a bald spot in the back. He is actually the funniest because everything he does is funny, and it's <laughs> just the just the way he he reacts to things. Everything he has, he's he has to yell in agony when he sells and shit. Like, mm-hmm. Oh my god! Who? Let me, let me think about this. Someone's a solo Sokoa. Solo's not that funny. Sam Punk had a very funny twenty twenty three. He's funny in a different way. Yeah. He's... <laughs> the actual funniest, the, the the two funniest punk things in the last like eighteen months is like the press conference itself, 
<laughs> and uh, <laughs> and his first collision promo where he calls himself One Bill Phil, the true genuine article in a world of fake bucks. It was like another were... funny Phil moment was his face walking out the tunnel at Wembley Stadium. <laughs> that was pretty funny too. <laughs> what a fucking nut job! <laughs> And when he walked out, he was like, he's kind of waving away to people and shit. Like, he did a salute to all four sides of the building. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching. I was. I remember standing next to my brother at Wembley, and I was like, you know what, bro? I think he's done. Like, I think he's going to retire. And he's like, really? Why'd you say that? I said, I know he's saluting all four sides of the building. And then about 20 minutes later, my phone got like connection to Wi Fi or whatever, and was like, <laughs> oh, no, never mind. He just had a fight. No, I'm, I'm my bad. I thought it was like an emotional moment. He just. He's, He's just like, oh, I'm getting fired. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> oh man, he was telling uh, people close to him that that it was a good career, which is objective. Hell of a ride, hell of a ride, brother. <laughs> Say, saying that at loved it, loved it. <laughs> Someone said Otis. I will say, out of the wrestlers that try to attempt to be funny with shtick, the Otis. Uh, you know he he does amuse me. I know he's not yeah. everybody's cup of tea. I I, I think he amuses big OG. Me. <laughs> he can Alex. be very funny, bro. He can... I'll never forget when in, in a backstage thing. I, I think it was Kenny Omega's first TNA episode <laughs> that I unfortunately sat through in full. There was like a pre-tape where he's like in the fucking trailer with Don and like I think Good Bros are there, and I just remember like Gals is like. Biz clears me, brother, and for the two flute. Biz clears me, brother. Luke Ellis is the most like 1985 wrestler that didn't wrestle in 1985. You know, like why does he feel like he, why does he feel like he'd be riding around with Michael Hayes? You know, <laughs> if he was around in the Monday Night Wars era. He'd have jumped back and forth like eight times with new gimmicks. Like none of them would have got over. <laughs> but he would have had a few with Taker in like '96 for some reason, and it would have fucking sucked. It would have ruined, e. dude. Yeah. Easy. Let me tell you something, brother. Easy E got me a insurance plan. This is the big LG, and he's in the NWO. <laughs> he definitely oh. would have been in the NWO. Yeah. 100%. 1,000%. Kevin Nash in a backstage segment, like, Hey, LG, come here. It's not, it's not a rib. It's not a rib. Come here, LG. You know, and they're just fucking around backstage. Oh, my God. He would resurface on the Fed in, like, 98 and shit. Like, and it would have been Undertaker, like, the Ministry of Darkness has added another member, Gallows. <laughs> he will be. And, and then it's a six-man tag, and it's, like, the Acolytes and Gallows versus, like, fucking the, like, the Brood or some shit. And it's fucking... Uh, Christian Edge and Gangrel, you know, yeah. a star and a half. Yeah, a star and a half, yeah. Star and a half. <laughs> star and a half. Um, Some sick uppercuts from LG. But yeah, man, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> He's doing three straight <laughs> That's kind of crazy. It is, man. It is, it is. And yes, I feel like it's fair to say, since we're on the subject, and how often do we get to talk about Dwayne Rock Johnson, you know? <laughs> but, Last three worldwide. You know, after, after... That SmackDown, you know, when it became clear he was going to be around for WrestleMania. Uh, and of course, in that moment with Cody stepping away in the face to face with Roman, there was, you know, there was some cause for some very valid worrying about The Rock 
being out of touch, wanting to shoehorn his way into things, not knowing the game anymore, whether he's going to be bothered when he is around. But literally every step of the way since then, we have been given some encouragement after encouragement after encouragement, you know. Some, not all, but some, no. you know. <laughs> some, yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought he was great at the kickoff event. Uh, yeah. Clearly, obviously, he's turned heel, but in a way that wasn't like super cartoonish or anything. That comes a bit later. But in terms of like what made him heal, what was the catalyst of making him heal? That was, you know, it wasn't super cartoonish, roll your eyes, rock stuff, you know, it was quite, it was well done. Um, but yeah, some people were worried about how regularly he'll show up. We're getting three in a row. It's, uh, there's definitely <laughs> like, there's, there's room for the press conference showed a version of this character that would be fresh and interesting. Mm. The what the SmackDown segment was much more like playing hits, which is fine. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the first thing, mm. but yeah. I'd like to see him tap into that kind of. He could be quite menacing. Like, yeah, with his yeah. frame right now, especially. So I think that's why I would. That's the direction I would go personally. We'll see. I agree. I, I'd like to see that. Uh, the first SmackDown promo worked as an, 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 a reintroduction to uh, this version of himself. And I'd, I'd like him to build off of that with more substantive stuff uh, for the storyline. And so that would mean, uh, yeah, touching on, I think, I think expanding on what he did at the presser where he got in Cody's face would be, a, 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 you know, a good start. I'd like to see him go face to face with Triple H because Triple H did uh, set that, open up that door with the whole like, you know, like I'm, I'm the one running things here. So you kind of have to have an interaction with Paul Levesque and, and, and The Rock, and uh, that could result in an extremely funny 20 minute talking segment uh, that we'll spend 40 minutes on in worldwide. And um, yeah, uh, I'd like to see that. We have to get Cody on one of these TVs to just go face to face with the guy. Um, so we'll see what happens there. And uh, the fact that he's he's doing this, I mean. I, I I heard from people in the company like two weeks ago or whatever that like Rock is super invigorated by the presser. Like he was so just he was just so like jazzed up and inspired about wrestling as a whole. Like after that presser, it just fired him up. And like, listen, when you're a guy who's fifty years old in a midlife crisis and you you've rediscovered your love, <laughs> you've rediscovered your love of the thing that you used to be great at. I mean, it makes sense for him to be like when because. It, that's a life that you want to you want to keep getting that feeling again you're going to chase that right and so it's for him it doesn't really surprise that he's like oh, i gotta get back there i gotta get back there i gotta do it every week you know what i mean uh it makes sense because not that he didn't love wrestling when he came back in 2012 but when he was doing that return run a decade ago he's a star that didn't really need wrestling that WWE offered him and he had the opportunity so it's like all right i'm doing this for you guys and you know it's a service to wwe i'm giving back to the company that made me what i am whereas now it feels like there is some personal vanity attached to this. And that's not inherently, that's not automatically a bad thing because uh, this midlife crisis is resulting in weekly rock content, which, I mean, that's better than him not being around. I mean, it's good for my pockets, so. Yeah. Absolutely, it is, brother. It's cool, man. I mean, we're all fans of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And, He's not uh, Seth Rollins. Dude, I'm sorry, but that being controversial... When you tweeted he's better than Seth Rollins, it's fucking insane. I'm sorry, guys. Yo, I got that's crazy, man. I got hundreds. I got legitimately like 200 plus tweets about it. And I don't even like putting the Seth stuff because we have fun at Seth's expense. I think Seth is a good professional wrestler, but like, there's way too many people that equate just move move sets. (laughs) Too many people that equate move sets. Like, 
The Rock was a damn good professional wrestler, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. He just yeah, he was. was. He was. I uh someone said Rock and his peak did not have the bag that 2015 Seth did. And I'm like, who cares? Yeah, and to be let me be clear that Seth what Seth said is not I don't know. I mean wrestlers should talk shit. That's all yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the fan response to you tweeting that was like you'd think you said something insane. It was yeah, quite wild, but mm-hmm. well. regarding Dwayne being back, I mean, yeah, it's Dwayne. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. Goosebumps. The goosebumps. Monty, what do you really want to see him do in these three weeks? What's an interaction you, you really want him to have with somebody? I just want him to be spiteful. <laughs> it's gotta be this, Monty. We're gonna get some LA night, bro. We have to. That's yeah, that that would be that would be funny as fuck. Oh bro. my god. Him in LA night. Just he's even if it's backstage, bro, just something, you know. <laughs> you, the thing is he's a heel now too. Could you imagine being like Hey, board member here. Come here, Knight. Yeah, you got to stop saying that little catchphrase of yours. All right? She's that fucking voice. You know what I mean? And just like, like, imagine if he did, like, do you remember 2010, that Hogan segment where he was just like, if you don't draw, if you don't bring in ratings, then get out. Like, what if Rock was just power tripping and he's walking around, like, just <laughs> telling people to do things? And he's just like, yeah, that Knight guy, get him out of my face. He's a fucking well, him and rock. Him and Knight have, like, a, they go back a little bit, right? Have you, you're aware I of think- their background? vaguely yeah like he was on like Dwayne hosted like a reality show or a talent show chat someone in the chat will know and LA Knight was on it and just like imagine. there's some hilarious clips from it's like 10 years ago so yeah. just a man just a man Joe LA Knight because this is that, that's who he is he's not gonna back down at Dwayne he'll go he'll, he'll look him right in the eyes and we'll be like yeah you'll rock like who in the blue hell are you and I'm like you're talking to the million dollar megastar and he's like the million dollar <laughs> megastar huh and, and LA Knight's gonna be like yeah and I'm like, all right. And they just, like, just, just the, the tension and, you did know. Did you see he's uh he did a pre-show promo on whenever the show was that we just reviewed Elimination Chamber. Did anyone see that? No. Dude, like, just a grabs promo. He had like 90 seconds. And it was, the question was like, are you ready for the Elimination Chamber? And he just hit every one of his catchphrases. <laughs> <laughs> did he sing and got out of there? I was like, that. I mean, that is professional wrestling. Right mo- I, I saw him do some random, like, one of those media junket, press junket things with, like, these, like, podcasters and one of these content creators. And they were like, hey, can you do a spot for me? And he's just like, and he's, he's like, yeah, you're talking to the Million Dollar Megastar L.A. Knight. And we're here with the insert dipshit podcast here. Million Dollar Megastar. Yeah, that's not an insult. That's a fact of life. And he walked off and it was like, my God. Like, they just. He would what? fucking rule on this show, bro. We need to get him on Worldwide. Just just the whole time. He just sits there. We just talk about he's a good wrestling promo. He just nods. <laughs> we say that know? every week, bro. About just, someone. Yeah. We need to get but him LA on Worldwide. Knight. <laughs> L.A. Knight would be money, dude. He would scowl the whole time and then we'd be like. Did, yo, did you hear his opinion when they asked him, what do you think about this Cody Rock controversy? No. He was like, they're like, what do you think about hashtag we want Cody? He was like, I don't give a damn whether it's, whether it's Cody, whether it's Dwayne, whether it's The Rock. I mean, whether it's Roman Reigns, they're going to get stomped out by the million dollar megastar at WrestleMania. Yeah. It was like, he has no, there's no substance. He just says he's going <laughs> to kick ass. <laughs> and they said, don't care, LA night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's craps, yeah. dude. Okay. Everyone's crafting these like long-term towels of their triumph and tragedy, and they're like, no, just like, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna hit my shitty finish and pin you in the middle of the ring, brother. Yeah. No. You go to Sammy saying, "What are your thoughts?" He's like, "Yeah, I, I feel like I've been obsessing with Drew McIntyre. I think that psychologically, I, I'm finding myself just very much just enraptured by this this conflict that I'm that I'm engaged in. I just feel like I just need to just synergistically find my way out of this." And then he's just like. 
dummy. It's like, okay. and, and both of those things are awesome. And we need yes. them both <laughs> to create a true professional wrestling product. Yes, Sami Zayn acts like the spastic 1977 Woody Allen motherfucker, you know. So. That was an insane sentence that you just said in every which way. <laughs> On screen, Andy Hall, Woody Allen. Took three violent times. That was, yeah. <laughs> I thought you'd gone extreme and then Woody Allen emerged and I was like, wow, this was... This was wow. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway. Dwayne Johnson? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll do some super chats so I'll keep them coming in we're going to get some super chats read out and then um, yeah let's talk about Wrestlemania's taking shape and uh, wherever what other weird directions we go into you know uh, anyway Karan 100 rupees appreciate you as always I hope you three are okay after yesterday currently re-watching Randy Orton versus Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series where HBK isn't allowed to use switch your music kind of rocks Monty, have you seen this match? Probably, but probably. I want you to picture how Sean, one. I want you to picture how 07 Sean would sell attempting to switch in music and stopping himself before. <laughs> just, just visualize that. He's doing it, man. He can't do it, Sean. He can't do it. Sean. <laughs> Tortured <laughs> mind, you know. Yeah, he, he, he pulls up and, he, and he's, he's just like, oh fuck. Looking at his hands and shit, you know. Like, Randy's like, do it, do it. Do you remember when he was uh, when he refereed that the uh, Triple H Taker match? Yeah, and he he does the one two, and he's like, "Fuck! Oh shit! Oh shit, man! I got count three. You're the referee, bro. What the fuck? Are are you talking about the the iconic like near fall? Yeah, and he starts doing this thing in the corner. No, like he's, he's over like, the, like he's on he drugs. Has, he was like twitching in the corner like, fuck, no. Oh my God. And he's like pulling his hair back and shit. The camera's like up his nostrils getting his reaction to it. Because like, oh, fuck. He's about to cry and shit. There's literally a point where like Triple H is dying and Taker's dying and then like Sean is just in the corner like like contemplating like morale. I think he's praying to God. I think he's like literally praying. He's still praying, yeah. <laughs> and he did fall in God. You know, it is a great, it is a great near fall though. Will be, uh, you, you, know, you, you know what I got to say? I got to be honest. Because like, when I was revisiting that stuff from the mini series, you know what? You know what realization I came to? The Sean melodrama when it's placed with other guys on NXT matches, it fucking sucks. When it's Sean, it just works. Yeah, it, it, it's Sean <laughs> melodrama. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like um, anytime a guy oversells, someone replies with like, "Weren't too good for Ric Flair though," with the flair flop, and it's like. He's Ric Flair, you know, and the same thing applies there. It's Shawn Michaels, bro. Like, it's not, it's different. It isn't Gargano or whoever. Yeah. I didn't even mean that to be spiteful. But you know what I'm saying? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I'm, I'm being good today. I'm just saying that when you think of NXT melodrama, you think of John Wrestling, don't you? That's just what you think. I'm innocent, folks. I'm innocent. I, uh, it's just crazy, bro. Like, I was, like, those, like, you go to him, like, in, like, 03 and in 07, like, He'll sell the back, and he's just kind of like, "Oh my god," you know. And he's like looking up at the sky, like in agony. And Jim Ross is like, "Oh my god, is Shawn Michaels is back? His back? Oh my god, Triple H, you son of a bitch!" Ah. <laughs> just wanted to fight out of it, you know. <laughs> or, or when Shawn goes to, in in quotations with a trademark at the end, that place. You know, like, um, we need to get we need to get Jim Ross. Any version of Jim Ross to call some of these new Randy Orton matches where his back's cooked. Oh, 
thing. So I was thinking about it. I'm like, this is going to be the new Sean's back. Where, like, the match can be slow-paced, but be really engaging because it's like, fuck, his back. Oh, my God. Dude, I am. But I was thinking about it. Um, this was this would have been Jericho versus Shawn Michaels unsanctioned, uh, unforgiven. Oh, wait. This is after Jericho punched Shawn's wife in the face for real. And, like, Shawn starts, like, whipping his... um. Jericho with his belt and shit, and then like commentary is like, "Oh my God, Sean! Like, just I get it, Sean. It's vengeance, but Sean has some humanity." And he's just like looking there, and like his face is down, and like his eyes are shadowed out and shit. And it's like, and like Michael Cole's like, "Sean's going to a dark place." He goes, he goes on his knees and starts making a prayer before finishing off Jericho. Like, oh my God. Nobody oh, else can man. the drama. Anyway, um Caden Lee, 199, appreciate you as always. Um the latest addition to the WrestlePurious family. Gonna be um gonna be providing some NXT coverage for the people. So shout out Caden, especially. He says he can't wait for another Verstappen championship. Uh but yeah, shout out all the F1 fans, you know. <laughs> Zay ninety one ninety nine, appreciate you as always. Cody versus Punk, who's better all time? Punk, Punk, CM Punk. When it's all said and done, it could be a different conversation. Got, but like years ahead Punk, of him, still. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cody's got. I mean, this is if he does win the belt at WrestleMania, that starts like a new chapter in his career. Punk's yes. career is pretty much done, and it's been an all time great career. It's Punk right now. Mm-hmm. There's still there's ten years between them, right? Cody's like 38, 37, and Punk is okay. 45. But Punk was, I mean, Punk was adding pretty substantial pieces to his legacy as far back as, what, 20 years ago. You know, yeah. so it's like the, their timelines are just entirely different. Way, way different. They're in different yeah, places. right now it's Punk. Yeah. Cody feels like he's on the verge of like a two-year run right now that's going to define his career, actually. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, you'd hope, you know, you'd hope. Uh, Darren Walker, five pounds. Appreciate you as always. Ibu, can we have Rob do classic WCW two thousand reviews on every Tuesday Raw review show? Not full on, but I'll, I'll I'll touch on and catch up with him and see where he's at with these things. So I'll give him two minutes a week, you know, see how it's going, you know. Darian, uh, ten dollars. Appreciate you very much. Will Chisholm. Five dollars. Appreciate you as always. Let's talk about Max Caster's freestyles. That felt like how that storyline is pure as. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking cooked them, bro. We'll say, get him out of here. <laughs> fucking... yeah, I would um... like to see more Bowen's gotten, you know? Yeah. Mm. I don't, know. I, I, I don't think I can add anything to that super chat. <laughs> yeah, he did say let's talk about Max Caster's freestyle. Well, he, he forgot what? it, didn't he? <laughs> he, he had a he had a nightmare, you know. Um, hard <laughs> to tell you. <laughs> Will Chisholm again? 
It pops me how he spells Brian like that every time. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's with a Y, bro. Well, cheers and five dollars. Appreciate you again. Do Brian and Dave like women's wrestling because their takes be scary sometimes. And the way they can't let go of Mercedes and Naomi walking out is sad. I wouldn't yeah, I... say that they... Do they like women's wrestling? I wouldn't say that they don't know women's wrestling, but... You, you, you know, there is, they, they do say some things that make me like not anything like actually like misogynistic or anything like that. But it's just kind of I don't know. Sometimes there'll be a match that people are like getting into or like on the timeline, and they'll just like bury. It. And sometimes it feels like they go into matches just like ready to bury them. You know, I, I, <laughs> like, listen. I was listening to parts of their elimination team review before I came on here, and there's some of the women's team, and Brian was like. That first half, that thing stunk, and uh, Naomi was just really slow and just not very good with Becky in there. She just was did not look good. And the beginning of the match was she, Brian's take was that the match didn't get good until Liv, Bianca, and Becky at the end. And I was like, Tiff did some nice things, and like, you know, like come on, but it's a good match. It was a good match. I will, I will concede to be totally fair and transparent. Oh, no. I did not think it was Naomi's best night. I'll be fair. Mm-hmm. It was the it was one of those cases where that type of match highlighted like the biggest hole in Naomi's game, which is when she's trying to remember stuff, she has that face on of I'm trying to remember stuff, you know? <laughs> it was noticeable, I thought. And again, I mean I didn't think it was, was I still wins. liked the as soon as um Tiff came in, I liked it. But yeah, I did think Naomi looked pretty rusty in there to be fair. Well, rusty's probably the wrong word because she's been wrestling, but you know what I'm saying. Yes. It wasn't her best performance. Yeah. But good match. Yeah, well, I like the match. Made, made our top four. It did, <laughs> which means a lot, folks. <laughs> it does. That, that is the real battle. We don't throw around these four point five or some other star ratings. I will admit, very something. famous and out there. You know, I will the, admit something. Uh, I will admit. Go on. Something. Go on. I got angry that uh, that Stuka Junior versus Mascara Dorada beat. Atlantis Jr. versus uh, Hechicero. And for the first time in my life, in my entire career as a wrestling podcaster, I felt like I should have done a slight gimmick manipulati- manipulation rating. You know, I, I've, ne- I've never done that, never will. But uh, I was like, ah, oh. I was like, I shouldn't have given Oscar's match four. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. hmm. Happens to the best of us. Speaking of which, I want a quick side note. Um, CMLL is doing a really good job of positioning that kid as as the next big thing. I, I think it's like slightly premature, but I'd rather a company be really driven with conviction about positioning a, a new guy prematurely rather than doing it too late and missing the boat. Noah was too late with Kenta and back in the day. Other promotions have been too late with their top guys. Uh, CMLL is giving this kid the torch and they're doing it while Mystico is, is still the man, which is what you should do, because once Mystico is no longer the man, you can immediately just transition over to this kid who uh, strategically was positioned in the last night of Fantastica Mania to main event over the uh, Ultimo Guerrero Mystico match. And that that was 100 percent for messaging purposes. So uh, he's their guy. He's their big horse. And uh, in about three years, he will be firmly positioned as the ace of Arena Mexico's promotion. Darren Walker, two pounds. Nick Aldis and Rock segment in the next three weeks. Oh my god! Could you imagine Nick Aldis with his broad shoulders in that suit, just trying to puff up his chest to Dwayne, being like, oh, "I run SmackDown, buddy." 
I don't know why I turned him into Jason Statham, but you know, <laughs> Mr. Hank, one ninety nine. Appreciate you, Rock and Roman winning the tag titles. That would I'm be sure fucking about that one. <laughs> that would be godly, though. <laughs> I'm Who not sure wrestle, that's gonna go for. Are they gonna wrestle the new Catch Republic on on SmackDown? <laughs> <laughs> could you so? Could you imagine Seth or Roman knocking in the ring and Roman's just like, they got us wanting to work these. Uh, the LWO. Catch Republic, and he makes that like Roman smug face and rocks. Wait, like, hold on. There's a tag team that still is kind of on SmackDown. Who? The Good Brothers. Oh the Good Brothers versus the Rock and Roman Reigns. Hey, Dwayne, let me tell you something, brother. The Big LG. They're still kind of on SmackDown, right? Kind of. Yeah. Kind no, no, of. they're they're, yeah, pretend, yeah, they're, they're double duty. Yeah. Double duty, bro. Tribal Kev one ninety nine appreciate ya. Rock has my Rock has more memorable matches than Seth Rollins. He's that dude, bro. It's the Rock, you know. It's the rock. Like he's, he's the Yo, fucking Rock. You know? I kid you not. If we did a project where we just watched every Rock TV match two thousand in order, we'd go three and a half or higher on like the majority of them. I'm not kidding. When you combine the heat, the pace. Everything about it, his work, it's what you want out of your top baby face in wrestling. He was very good. Yes. I hope he can still be very good, but <laughs> these <laughs> matches we're talking about were 24 years ago, you know? Um, yeah. But anyway, Darren KG199, appreciate you. I'm starting a Vader watch through tonight. Any recommendations? Oh, boy. Many recommendations. Many recommendations. Um, you do you want to take the Japan part of this and I'll take WCW? Hell yeah. Oh, fuck it. Okay. Okay. All three famous matches with Sting immediately have to be circled, right? Bash 92, Starcade 92, Super Bowl 93, Cactus Jack Havoc 93, Clash of the Champions with Dustin Rhodes in 94. Incredible match. Have to get a Dustin one in there. (laughs) On and Flair versus Austin and Vader, WCW Saturday night, and I think 94, I think. This guy. Um, Vader and Steamboat, Saturday night in 93, I believe. And Vader and Flair, Starcade 93. There's there's a handful. Ibu, take it away. Hell yeah. Okay, so Vader, uh, big van, Vader. He, uh, he was the fucking man. You should watch a lot of his famous matches from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, you should watch his 1996 Tokyo Dome match with the Antonio Inoki. It's an incredible bout. Uh, it's pretty much in Antonio Inaki, Inaki, Inoki's final. He's like it's like his real last name, even though he wrestled for another like year and a half or so. Um, you should watch his G1 match against Keiji Muto, which is only available on hand uh, on fan cam. Uh, you should watch his tags with the Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow and Vader have a match against the Steiner brothers. It's one of the greatest Steiner matches I've ever seen. They have a match against Keiji Muto and Hiroshi Hase, which is fucking awesome. Uh, you should watch Bam Bam's. Sorry, Bam. You should watch Vader's matches in All Japan Pro Wrestling when he came back in 1990, late 98. I want to say uh, he has two matches with Kobashi that are incredible. He has a match against Misawa in 1999, which is unbelievable. So I'd watch the Misawa matches. I'd watch the Kobashi matches, and I feel even with all that that I'm still forgetting something. Um, That's a good start, though. That if you do all of those, you've had yourself a good night. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I will say, man, the run, the return to Japan, like, he does deserve more respect in history, what he did there. Because by the time he left the WWF, it looked like it was over, dude. Like, he was so mentally just yeah. like, 
it beat him up that run. So, yeah. and, and, and it's crazy yeah. because he goes right back into Japan, and it's it's understated how much he regains just everything about yeah. himself. It's like the way Dave will frame it is like he lost his confidence. He went to Japan. He's able to get some of it back, right? And I don't know how much, how well it drew or things. I don't know. I'm not sure about the business metrics of, of like late 90s Vader in Japan. All I know is that from a wrestling standpoint, he came back and immediately just beat the dog shit out of Kenta Kobashi. And uh, I think it goes a long way of re- re- restoring your aura and clout when you walk in and just beat the dog shit out of 1999 Kenta Kobashi. I will say also, the Super Brawl match with Hogan is like at genuinely underrated because of what they did afterwards and the way that Vader always talks about working with Hogan, but Hogan actually brought his working boots for that match. Super Brawl 95, I think. He has no choice but to. You know, you no he's going to get whacked, right? He's going to get hit by Vader. So. Did, did you mention Cactus Jack? Yeah, I mentioned the did, Havoc match. There's a bunch of TV stuff too, but the Havoc mention, one is the famous match, right? You mentioned Flair, Starcade, right? Yes, which if, if you watch the Flair Starcade match, you, watch you have to match. watch the whole... The, within the show, there's like four segments building to the match. You have to watch all of them. Monty, uh, do you know what do you know what Bam Bam Bigelow was called in New Japan Pro Wrestling? What was Bam Bam Bigelow called in New Japan Wrestling? Crusher Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> Tropical <laughs> Kev, one ninety nine. You can tell people's age. You can tell people's age with the Rock and Seth Rollins stuff. You can say that about any two wrestlers, to be honest. But, um, yeah, man. Uh, Anas the Stallion, the Sultan, the Stallion. <laughs> Anas the Sultan, two dollars. Max Castor is thirty-four years old. Good info to have. I mean, I guess. Will Chisholm, ten dollars. Appreciate it as always. It's crazy how in the last eight months WWE had John Cena, The Rock, and CM Punk, and they all missed each other. We know WWE would have had a backstage segment with the Punk and John Cena, with Punk and John Cena. <laughs> the Punk. Hey, man. I'm a big fan of the CM Punk. I think we could have a great match someday. You know, I'll defend my title against the CM Punk. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's oh, just how it goes, you know. But at least they've all been around, you know. They're all around. But yeah, man, let's keep it moving. Keep the super chats coming. We'll get them read out as soon as we can. Um, but yeah, WrestleMania's taking shape. That's what WrestleMania is taking shape. Obviously, Cody versus Roman. Main event in night two, you would assume. You've got Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. Is Sami Zayn going to get added to that? I know Ibu was hoping that could be a, uh, be a possibility. Um, how would you get there, Ibu? If you, you know, if we are if we are adding Sami Zayn to this, this World Heavyweight Championship match at Mania? Well, Montel WP, Samuel Zayn is in the middle of very deep losing streak he cannot move forward in his life and his career until he exercises the demon that is Drew McIntyre the last time he faced the Shinsuke Nakamura he lost because of Drew McIntyre Sammy's doing this thing now where he's saying I have to kind of put Drew in the rear view and last week he said I've got to put Drew in the rear view and I have to pivot and just not let him consume me and move forward however the week before that, in a very unsettled WWE way, they did this thing where Sammy was walking out to the ring for his match. Drew was blocking him, and he said, you're in my way. And it was meant to be a literal and figurative thing. The bottom line is Drew McIntyre is the mountain in his life. And so what I would do is this. Drew's kind of bullying him. He's fucking with his matches, so on and so forth. 
why don't we do a thing where because they made a big deal out of this on commentary drew mcintyre Sami Zayn has never beaten drew mcintyre in his entire wwe career well then why don't you do a match where maybe sammy does does an all or nothing thing where he says you know what drew fuck it let's wrestle one more time if i beat you i get in that wrestlemania match if you beat me whatever the fuck you want to do as a stipulation i go away from wwe i decide that you know, and, and Drew McIntyre's mind is like, oh, I can get rid of this fucking gnat on the bottom of my shoe. I'll, I'll do that. I, I I always kick his ass. And then you finally give Sammy the big win. He makes another title match. Is that still slightly convoluted? Yes, because the truth it's is, fun. folks, yeah, the truth is, folks, there are very few actually non-convoluted sports-based ways to, to, to justify the existence of a three-way match where three people are in the, in the match. Uh, but Something along those lines would be my way. He finally That's fine. McIntyre. That works. That works fine. It's, I think it's a more compelling match with him in it. Plain yes. and simple. And if that's the case, when you're talking about WrestleMania, that should be the priority rather than like, if it's entirely logical for Drew to make the decision, you just explain. like It's fine. That, mm-hmm. What you said works there. Um, Drew and Seth as a one-on-one match, like for the belt is doesn't feel like WrestleMania to me. And if it is the match, I'm not going to be super critical of it because clearly this is a, you know, a replacement thing for punk anyway. So we get it right. It's fine, but mm. it doesn't feel like the match to me. I, I think Sammy's getting in this. Uh, I think Sammy's getting in this match. What I do know is that the whispers coming out of creative today and they're, they're being more tight lipped now about some certain things. So, and I get it's mania season, but the whispers is that Sammy's mania direction will become clearer tonight which to me feels like he's going to either crash. I don't know. Actually, he's wrestling tonight. We'll see. But uh, yeah, the, the word is that we'll, we'll, we'll figure out tonight. I have this sneaking suspicion that it's possible, possible that he's Gunter's opponent for Mania. And to that, I would say, look, I'm never going to, you know, like poo-poo a Gunter-Sammy match because that would be incredible. Uh, but for the purposes of multiplying the amount of great matches at Mania, I'd move him to the title match, the world title match, so that Gable gets Gunther. And now we get two great title matches rather than one that I'm super into and one that I'm like, eh, you know, so. Yeah, man. Listen, I always want to see Sami Zayn in big spots, you know. It's been that oh. way for a long time, so. Not mad at you. Not mad at you. It seems to make sense what he was kind of, you know, what he's trying to throw at us, Joe, you know. So, yeah, like you said, it makes it, it makes it. He's definitely a more intriguing addition. So, you know, and Seth, Seth versus Drew, I'm sure it would be a good match. You know, they had a, they had a pretty good match last year. Um, I know they've wrestled a few times recently, but still, it'd be a good match. But I think Sammy does bring, you know, a more. Just it just makes it more gives intriguing. It some, you yeah, know? he gives it some heart. I think he gives it a. And also because if Seth is actually going to be doing both of these matches, then, you know, his big match is going to be the tag match with Dwayne anyway. So, like, Sammy would give this kind of emotional core, I think. So, yeah, I, I would I would co-sign the suggestion personally. Yeah, Cody Rhodes called out The Rock one-on-one, but, you know, many still assume it's going to be a tag match. So I think we all agree on that, you know, still going to get a tag. Um, we got EO versus Bailey. We got Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley. Those are both confirmed. Uh, maybe Logan Paul versus Randy Orton or Kevin Owens. 
Joe thinks it will be a triple threat. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't. I, I, I don't know. Like Kev's got to be—he's got to still be attached to Logan, I think. Yeah, but and a triple threat's a triple threat's smart too, because as we've mentioned, Randy is you know more efficient these days, more selective. So that'd be my suggestion. Ibu, what do you think? What do you think regarding this Logan Paul deal? Yeah, you think it will be a triple threat, or do you think he wrestles Randy Orton or Kevin Owens? I'd honestly just use Logan. Everybody, Logan Paul's one of those characters that, like, any you know, everybody has justifiable disdain for him. So I'd personally just do the multi-man thing with him to get other people on the card. Yeah. Only because if not, you have a bunch of like mania matches with singles, non-title SmackDown feuds that, like, most of those matches max out of being like decent, and and and. and we know WWE doesn't want to make their cards way too long. We know this. Uh, last year they did, I think, one night. They, I want to say they did seven matches. The other night they did like six or seven. And so you create much more space by economizing things. But I don't know if that's the word. But by just taking a lot of those pieces and putting them in one match, that's not the most ideal thing in the world. But there's always backlash and shows like that to where you can do the big stipulation LA Knight is uh, uh, AJ match and like it's it's cool you know what I mean so that's what I would be leaning towards here personally speaking you create the space you put them all in that match and then you kind of find something else to do with some of these other matchups uh, I don't know I, I'm not I'm not feeling or getting a they're going to do Randy KO Logan at Mania out of this even though I will admit at the Australia pressure they did have those three positioned on stage talking to each other uh, mm-hmm. so. And Kevin has not got closure with Logan, right? And Logan costs Randy. That's the only reason I'm piecing together that way. What if, um, they, what if they did Logan and Jake Paul versus Randy and Kevin Owens? Hmm. I'd rather we not do that if we're WrestleMania. <laughs> but <laughs> I actually think you're underestimate. If they did do the triple threat, I think the ceiling on that is quite high. Think how over Randy Orton's going to be in the stadium at WrestleMania, dude. Kevin Owens is going to take crazy bumps. Logan is going to have all these stunts in a triple threat match. You know, yeah, I think that would suit. I think that would suit all three guys. So. Maybe, 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 maybe. maybe. <laughs> Just uh... your concern is the LA Knight AJ match, and it's a fair concern because <laughs> we both know what that match is. It's ten minutes, and it's. Two and three quarters, three star range, and two solid pros did their thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's you can see that match like in your head. So it had that match with Randy in 2019 at Mania. Like, it would probably yeah. not be as good as that either. If we're being real, so and so it's just like, do we need that taking up what'll inevitably be a 17 minute block of space on the Mania card between entrances, the video package, and the wrestling? Unless you do the plunder, you mentioned the stip match. I guess you could do like, could they do like some sort of, you know, like balls count anywhere business or some kind of. I would, I'd reserve that for the final testament versus Bobby's team. <laughs> Fuck you. Here's the thing. I didn't Fuck. want to do that. No, I don't want to hear the thing. No, no. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I don't care. No, no. It's actually, I didn't want to see this idea, but I was watching the SmackDown. And number one, I'd like to say that the Street Profits are back. They came back with their old music. 
and they looked awesome against AOP in that tag match they had. And it was more ambitious and got a little bit more time than I expected. And within the match, they did this thing. They did smoke and mirror spots where the women got involved, but also where, like, uh, night, no, sorry, uh, Cross tried to interfere. And Bobby's, like, throwing him around the place in his suit. And he's, like, spearing him on the outside. And the crowd is going nuts. They're like, Bobby, Bobby. And he's flexing and screaming. And the street pilots are getting, like, shine afterwards. And I, within that kind of, like, bottled action in that space of time, it actually did feel LWO versus Judgment Day spring 2023 dynamic in that I saw within the space of time a very heated plunder brawl with all the six of these people, to be completely honest with you. And so I say all that to say a false count anywhere six person match with these guys would not be bad. It would actually be fairly fun, to be honest. With you. Yeah, it would, but I wouldn't not give AJ Stoles and LA Knight a much better chance of having something, you know, entertaining and manual whatever for the sake mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bobby Bobby doing that like choke bombs thing to one of the AOP guys off the of stage. It would be fun. I agree with you. It'd be fun. But if if you say to me I can only do one like no DQ plunder, you know, match like that, then it, I'm going with AJ LA Knight all day, you know. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, AJ LA Knight, we just mentioned that. Mentioned Logan Paul's potential total defense. Jay Uso versus Jimmy Uso. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> what do you... I hope they do this justice, man. I don't know what I don't know what they're gonna do, but I don't know. Maybe they could do something when they could like I don't know. Uh... I know, like, play off how emotional Jay is, but in a way that doesn't make him look like a moron, like, fucking, they always do with wrestling, like AEW did to Eddie Kingston in 2022, you know? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> um, but yeah, man, Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso, it's a big one, Joe Hall, but... It is. It might not be a good one, but it's a big one. <laughs> and uh, the chair is pretty convinced that there's going to be a stip for this match, which I could also see. That would help, right? You could do some kind of table plunder and last who standing. And... Last who standing. Someone, <laughs> someone that's, that's, that's good shit. Someone said, <laughs> someone said they'd rather see the new cuck Republic versus DIY. Oh. <laughs> we'll get uh, that next week on Raw or something. We had that last week on SmackDown, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty sick. It was pretty sick. Um, yeah, man. Do, do we think... There's a lot of work rate tag teams right now in the company. Which of them do you expect to make the, make Mania? Between these... Uh, which Between these new Catch Republic guys, the Good Brothers, the Street Profits... <laughs> Uh, British. Uh, no, they might do something like they did last year. With, I like, think they will. Yeah, yeah I know they show. They can do that easy. It's, it's just like boom, three, four tag teams, eight people. Like <laughs> they're on the card. Okay, question. Know? Question. Would you do this? Would you instead of would you consolidate this awesome Truth Judgment Day match into a multi tag team ladder slash TLC title match thing? No, no. Or you would just do a regular tag title match in a showcase? I'd do that. Yeah, and I know. That that isn't for us, the awesome truth thing. I think that will play well in the stadium. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. it's the kind of stadium match that will take not a single spot away from any other match because they will probably do no wrestling moves. Correct. <laughs> so, it will be like, I think that when that match comes on, if they place it correctly, it will actually be really beneficial to the show, I think. And I say that as someone who's does not care whatsoever about 
deal with some truth thing. I just think it works. So. I was listening to a podcast where someone legitimately suggested that they're seeing that like not every match needs to be like super heavy on a super card like this, where it's like everything's a big title or stip match or this or that, or a big feud. And it's like, you place the, you know, this lighthearted thing and you, you give them a cute moment in the middle of the show or something. And it actually works well to break up the serious action. So uh, I, I hear you. I hear you. You know, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, so is, is that what we're deciding that we're going with for the, uh, for the tag total match at Mania? We're pretty lucky. I, I think we have to. Show. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I agreed with Ivo's take that like it would be better if the Bellas wasn't involved and that was just a thing, like a conflict with, among them, and that would work better. Um, but at this point, I think they there's probably a chance that people in the company want to give Truth that moment. And honestly, like God bless him, bro. I mean, I I think it's kind of unfortunate the tag belts have gone from what they were doing last year to this potentially. Mm-hmm. But I do think a lot of the WWE audience would like to see our Truth get this kind of. Triumphant moment at WrestleMania, so would, would it works. complain if like they got rolled, they got steamrolled a week later for the tag belts and lost them. No, you should use the their reign should be just used to make a new heel team. Someone should kill those guys, right? Okay. As a heel, so. so who would you pick to just destroy them then? Does that does that team exist right now? Um, well, I mean, if your guys are looking good, that's a perfect spot for AOP if they look good. I haven't seen their match, but that's what you just described is AOP, right? I kind of just walk man. around and club well, yeah. They you club know? you and they're big. <laughs> yeah, that's Sounds good to me. Bro, the, fir- the first, like, four tags of their heat segment at the start was just them kind of just <laughs> clubbing them. Yeah. Like, the no moves, just... I, got- I will say, someone in the chat mentions Imperium, and... Oh, oh, Imperium. That would be a nice way yeah. to give them an edge as a team, you know? Like, have them just obliterate them. Yeah. Actually, you know what? That's actually per- pretty... Because per- here's the thing. Okay, yeah. let's say Gable loses... Gable, sorry, Gable beats Gunther, right? What if the next night Gunther's just super pissed and he's like, we got to make this night our night for, like, on Monday Night Raw or whatever. Like, boom, tag title match. Imperium destroys them and shit. And Gunther's, like, on, on, on like, a hell... Like, he's just on a fucking uh, war path. You know what I mean? Um... It actually be cool too, because let's say hypothetically Sammy was celebrating being a champion or something, and Gunther just beat the fuck out of him on that on on that Raw, you know, something like that. I don't know, but I I don't I don't mind Imperium being that team as well. Uh, speaking of which, Gunther. So Chad Gable, you think that you think that's the Mania match, bro? You locking it in? Uh, I can't one hundred percent lock it in until we figure out what's going on with Sammy. If Sammy is still in the Drew orbit, then yes, I'm going with Chad Gable. Okay, okay. Uh, there's, there's a few other contenders. Names in contention. Andrade. I wonder what yeah. they're gonna do. I wonder what they're gonna do. He's still in. He's still in the vignette verse. <laughs> yeah, they, is, they, yeah. They're very thick vignettes. I will say they're really. They are. They they are, are but I wish good, we could. Though. I just. He's very also very good at professional wrestling. So you know, I'd love to I see him do mind. that. I don't mind the vignette. <laughs> just wish he came earlier though, Ibu. You know, we've he left AEW the end of December. It's like, mm-hmm. I feel like we could have. I, I miss seeing him wrestle. That's. I'm not even saying it's like objectively bad or whatever. I'm just like, you would like to see him do. Yeah, the like we waited. He was in the rumble for it. They saved him for the rumble in a spot. Like Monty mentioned it a bunch of times. Bring him in at an angle. He's not the kind of guy you just like just throw him into a rumble and he's like, here he is. Like, because <laughs> well, well, honestly, a lot of the audience won't remember him that way anyway. So if you give him an angle, he could have gone straight into something. But whatever. to be honest with you especially the way the vignettes are framed, because he's talking about, in these vignettes, he's talking about like how he 
has a very specific thing he wants to do. He's like, I know exactly who I'm coming for and this and that. To be honest with you, it feels like the type of thing where you do a post-mania thing where he attacks a champion and his challenges them and he wins it. Yeah. Uh, so, which is why, to be honest with you, I think that the timing kind of fucked him up here because I don't know what his natural WrestleMania match is, to be honest with you. Unless uh, well, there isn't a natural one because <laughs> because obviously you know um, I you know what I honestly do Monty I do some fucking thing where uh, Adam Pierce has stolen Dragon Lee from Raw from SmackDown has signed him over and then like he just you just do a quick TV thing to set up a Dragon Lee Andrade t- like a Mania match that's fucking eleven minutes and it rules and Andrade wins with the hand with the fucking back elbow thing that's what I'd do you know but. You're a uh, hopeless romantic, aren't you, Ivo? Hopeless romantic. <laughs> Try to get an 11-minute Dragon Lee match on this thing. <laughs> Our card has got like 28 matches at this point. <laughs> yeah, right. He, he, uh, his best bet is to get in that Logan Paul multi-man. Yeah, so. I agree. Ray, I wonder, what, I wonder what's going to be the Ray match at Mania because they did this thing backstage at SmackDown where it was super funny. Like uh, Joaquin and Raul are just really – like they're funny actors. So like they're just sitting backstage and like the, the scene begins, Joe. And uh Joaquin is like, Man, what are we gonna do about those legato guys, man? And Raul's just like, Tambien, papi, I don't know, you know, eh, eh, Santos, he's just like, you know, I don't know, carnal, and he's talking and shit. And then like they're just like like that, and then out of nowhere, they get jumped by the Garzas who I gotta say, hell of a beatdown, great aggression, beat the dog shit out of them. Um, this is after Electra Lopez essentially came to them and said, This is why, you know, you should have been loyal. Uh, but anyway, um, the idea of the segment, because I think Santos or one of them was like sit, talking shit to him, saying like, this is why you shouldn't have fucking sided with Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio will never be back. Rey is never coming back, which is wrestling ease for Rey is coming back. Um, right. They're doing a street fight with Carlito and Santos on Friday. Uh, I presume this is where Carlito is written off and told to fuck off for a little bit. So, um, yeah, I... Do I mean, you, I think Mask Buzz Hair, Escobar and Ray, bro. Give it to him. Would you rather that over a six man? Yes. How would you Mask Buzz Hair gives that some juice, bro? That would be cool. But Mania, could you imagine? That'd be a spectacle for WrestleMania. It would be, be cool. a spectacle. I worry a little bit about Big Matt Santos, just a, just a touch. Fair. And what I would say is that the Garzas and the other L- LWO guys are pretty, pretty, pretty fun. Yeah, and and, and so I, I don't know. The other thing is, we'll make it, I guess, mania issues if you get the ladies involved. Like, cause Selena and Electra have been brawling like every week. And so, how does that make it mania? The intergender aspect. Of I'm it. not even being like a dick. Yeah, I can tell how you. does Selena, <laughs> how does Selena Vega and Electra Lopez I, make I mean, anything more mania? You know, like. right now, WWE historically at these mania cards, they love that intergender side of these things. They love doing intergender tags. It's a historical staple of most 2010s WrestleManias. If you go back and check. So that's your answer. Yeah, but well, to do it with, you know, <laughs> Cena and Bella and stuff, people like that, you know? Like, <laughs> um, no, I think there's a good chance it is a tag, honestly. Um, I don't... And I, I could would, see them doing a I'm deal with where... I think Team Escobar could include Dom and Team Ray could include Andrade. That would be fucking awesome. Well, that's why I do. <laughs> Getting Dominant Andrade, casual booking, you know. You know what? Um, my hot take is you get on Do- you get Dominant Andrade, and that's a four star match. Uh, well, she's on two dollars. Any money plans for Andrade <laughs> that's being pitched? Uh, no, 
See, see previous conversation we yeah. just having. Hush four ninety nine. Appreciate you. Jimmy and Joe doesn't feel like a one off. Feels like a free match feud with the last one with a steep and a reunion with Jimmy fully leaving the god line. Um, I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see. Obviously, Jimmy's just done like the big attack to get the story like fully picked up for Mania now. You know, so um, we'll see kind of what direction they're gonna go in. Um. Hush one ninety nine, appreciate it. Uh, Cena and Truth over Awesome Truth, please. Fuck, that's horrible. Couple options you give me there. That's like, fuck. Anyway, anyway, moving on. Um, Damien Priest doing secrets. Okay, so yeah, Bailey, Becky, da, 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 uh, Gunther, Gunther, Chad Gable. Oh uh, yeah, Chad Gable, Andrade. Anyone else who you think could be like a dark horse who could potentially end up in? In that match, what about Sheamus? Great, that's a great one because that's who Sheamus. That's what Sheamus wants to do at Mania, and he's been uh, shooting his own angle on on Twitter for about two weeks now, where he's just kind of like, "Hey, remember me and Gunther? Great match, huh?" And he's just been posting about that, and every time Gunther posts, he just quotes it like, <laughs> "It's like okay." <laughs> so it doesn't yeah. feel like Sheamus. I have to say, yeah, it doesn't. It, I don't know who feed. You don't particularly feel like anyone right now. It doesn't. You're right. You're right. Well, so, I don't know, yeah. because last week, Gable's match preceded Gunther's match, and they did the whole thing of, like, now Gable has the momentum! Now Gable is on the road to Mania! And they explicitly sat, had him doing the thing where he's like, you know, like, I know I make you guys laugh, and I know I do the thing with the with the uh, Alpha Academy guys, but I'm a singles wrestler, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to start the singles thing. Like, they kept framing that. And I know that the really overt WWE way of building is to, like, have like a you know a face off backstage or something because like the, the Triple H way you guys know is like they kind of, he flashes the matchup before your eyes a few months in advance you know what I mean like they'll run into each other or like a mention or something like that and they haven't done that uh, but there's enough now to see I I almost feel like they don't want to fully commit to something because maybe like they, there's something in the way that they're 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 hoping for. Dude, I you mentioned that the Andrade thing could be like he jumps a champ after Mania. If him and Chad Gable is their IC title feud coming out of WrestleMania, then that belt's going to be okay after Gunter because those matches could be spectacular. Can you imagine the matches those fellas could have, Michael? No, I'd, I'd do a fucking best of seven. So. That's, yeah, that's one of those that's one of those deals where you flip the belt back and forth, I think. Like that, oh, my God. Could you, they could have killer could, matches, man. Could you imagine Andrade winning that bitch at, like, Two weeks after Mania, and then Gable tries to get it back or whatever, and like they just flip it back and forth twice. I, I don't think anyone would complain. Oh. You, you play with length on those two, like they could do fucking six minute sprints that go crazy, or they could have a twenty minute classic. You know, they could have great matches. That, that you might have to bring back the match guy for that. <laughs> um, okay, so Gunther, not one hundred percent sure, but Chad Gable couldn't possibly. Uh... Nia Jax, Jay Cargill. I think what that's what they do think. But do you think they do, though? Like, what do you think they actually do with Jay Cargill and Nia Jax? Because he kind of seems to solve both problems, doesn't it? You know? Yes. Unless they are just deciding to just kind of push Nia to the side now. But you would kind of feel wasteful after the way they built her up for the rear match. You know? I, don't think they so. do. I don't think they do. I don't think they push Nia to the side. I think she's probably going to beat up a bunch of people on tonight's Raw. She's probably going to crash a women's match. So that's that win over Becky, man. 
What's up? She will probably challenge Becky after Mania in some type of title match. I could easily see that. Uh, like I said, I think they're going to book some like fodder women's match tonight, and then she's going to like crash and just beat, beat up everybody in the ring. And be like, I didn't really lose to Rhea, blah, 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 blah. But here's the thing as well with Nia Jade. Yeah. The PW Insider report like last week or the week before but it was like she's going to be on SmackDown on the lead up to WrestleMania. Then obviously she was in that segment with Nick Aldis. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if she's on SmackDown... She didn't sign the then- I know, yeah, no, I'm just saying that if the report and what we've seen on screen, like it would be fair to maybe think she's going on SmackDown, you know? Do you think um, they may do like she's with Bianca against damage control or something like that? They could. They could. They, they could. could. They could absolutely do that. I, but then another match that people have been talking about and kind of hinting yeah. at is Bianca wrestling Tiffany Stratton. So maybe you do. Bianca and Tiffany, Naomi and Jade versus Damage Control. That solves multiple problems. And and it gets Damage Control out of uh, the dreaded four-way women's tag title match. Which they the do. Dreaded. It is the dreaded four-way women's tag title um, match. Yeah, like I said, like, what, do, what do we think they do? Um, I don't know, because the thing with Nair is, you're right. Taking her out of the game feels wasteful, but at the same time, if she does the Jade match, that match has to be, you know, pretty short, right? Jade's going to win that match, and it's like, mm-hmm. in some ways, Nia may be better off cycling out slightly for Mania so she can have a feud with Becky after WrestleMania, mm-hmm. rather than if Jade kills her at Mania, then you kind of, you know, you have to rebuild right with Nia, where mm-hmm. it's... If you just kind of let her in the background, leave her in the background for a bit, maybe she wins a battle royal or something. I was going to say SmackDown, or, you know, like one of those long game. Yeah, because you're to me, if, I'm not against the Jade thing, but if you do it, you are kind of like putting an end to that chapter, I think, for Nia. Um, so the same, I think there's different things to kind of figure out there. It's, it's going to be interesting what they do. Yeah, man, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah I, so I, I, Liv Morgan. We haven't mentioned Liv Morgan. There's fucking hashtag trending about that. No, Ibu's kind of doesn't like the idea of what that hashtag wants. You know, her in the main event with not the main event, but in the world title match with Rhea and Becky. What's not happening? Really could main event, but it's not gonna. You know, we got Dwayne. You know, <laughs> we, got, we got Dwayne for not one. Everyone knows what not two's main event will be. But anyway, you know, obviously, there's a lot of fans that want Liv Morgan in that world title match with Rhea Ripley, but it's. Obviously, that's not going to happen unless this trend becomes ridiculous and not undeniable, which isn't trending that way, to be honest. But, you know, uh, you'd think she's going to get something. You know? She's going to have to make peace with that uh, that Battle Royal slash four-way women's tag. Do you reckon they might do like a... I don't, I don't know, man. Do you reckon they might do one of the... We haven't got enough match space, but I was wondering if they could figure out a showcase for the women's tags. They can't. They, they haven't got the room, have they? Who who would be her partner, Raquel? What about Liv well, against one of the women that we've already mentioned so far? Like, I don't know who. who though. Yeah. <laughs> if they did this showcase, the match would literally be... It would be like Raquel and Liv versus like Shayna and Zoe versus... It's like, not worth it, bro. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like versus like Candace and uh, Candace and Indy versus Piper and uh, Chelsea Green. Is this something we need in our line? Now, here's the thing: if they utilize the pre-show space for matches, 
then I, I would pull the trigger on this just to get these people a WrestleMania paycheck. Uh, this is not something that I would I would occupy main card space on. But I do think in general, because they don't they don't really use pre-show space in general. I actually think for Mania, fuck it, get everybody on. You, you, you use I agree. It's to do some yeah. math. Fuck it. Well, I do think Liv should like. I'm I'm kind of. Uh... I don't know. A lot of people get very passionate about the not everyone needs to on the show thing, but I do think like WrestleMania is. I think people, popular professional wrestlers, should probably have a place on WrestleMania. That's my, that's, my, that's my hot take. As someone that's flown to the states for WrestleMania, it's it's a good thing to get everyone on those. You know, I really believe that. So, you know, I do think live this. I don't know. I don't know what the place is though. I don't know. Biggie has publicly lobbied on the bump for. He th- this idea immediately got taken by AEW. He basically wanted like a meat extravaganza, meat madness type of <laughs> yeah. taken by AEW by a week later. And he, he threw in names like Otis. Yeah, and but, do AEW actually doing a freeway? Like, it's really? Not, is that it? Yeah, no, I sent, I sent it into one of our chats earlier because AEW tweeted like freeway match. Oh, if... <laughs> it's a bit I'll get the tweet up actually. It's kind of strange. I, I don't know. But what I was getting at, Joe, is um, the names that they're throwing out is like, like Biggie was throwing out like Ivar, Otis, and Bronson Reed, right? And you know what I would say? If I was Paul Levesque, I'd say, what is Braun Strowman's recovery looking like? Because I've got him noted down, brother. Uh, <laughs> I've got him noted down. <laughs> if there could be a surprise entrant in this meat extravaganza, and he could come in and it's like, and he's just that doing would his fucking thing. roll. You know what I mean? Powerbomb and OTs. Dude, if you were on creative, imagine how many problems you'd respond to with, what's the timeline on Braun Strowman? <laughs> Braun Strowman, bro. <laughs> Just think about, you know, what's his name? Uh, uh, Reed does a tsunami or whatever. If it's an, like, just a man of four-way elimination with Otis, Bronson, Reed, Braun, and Ivar. I honestly think that could be, that could be fucking sick. And, and Braun Strowman ends up powerbombing the Bronson Reed. And, uh, you know, gets a big pop, huge stadium spectacle, nine minutes, three and a half. Kind of what you need, you know? It's kind of what Six you minutes, two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Braun and, Braun and Otis had a three and a half in six minutes. So I don't know. You know. Do we know how many matches we have? Does anyone know? I think Monty, have you, Monty have, you got, oh. have you kept score of our match card? How many matches we have? Yeah, we're about to do. We've done 12 matches. <laughs> yeah, I know. I tried saying in the chat, and they're still going. Like, we've got we too many matches, bro. Too many oh, matches. People are getting let off the card, like, bro. In that case, <laughs> let's get Goldberg on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> what do we? What do we want to do with Braun Breaker? Do we get him in Meat Madness? Goldberg. That's what I was just uh, getting to. No, I. Uh... <laughs> do we get if, if Braun if Braun Strowman? Joe, you're joking, play... like. But... No, I would do it, but I don't know. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> what? I'll say no flaws. Honestly, he may be a candidate. Just, just this is his first year here. He may win that battle royal on SmackDown just this year, mm-hmm. and then you get really moving after WrestleMania. You know, what do you think about Braun versus Kevin Owens? I love it as a match. I think it's pretty harsh on Kev to just be like a guy that Braun beats the fuck out of WrestleMania. Personally, <laughs> if, if Braun goes on to be Brock Lesnar. For sure. Then, is Braun a baby a or a heel? Comparison right now, you know, it's like, kind of unclear. You know what I'm saying, though, right? Like, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just feeding. In cat- wrestling, there's a like it's one thing jobbing to guys that are established, but when you're like blatantly used that way, it is seen a certain way. Yes. Very unfair, but yeah. The guy, the setup guy, to get cocked by the new, the new pushed person, you know. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I, I do. I, again, I, you know, we talked about the U.S. title thing, but I wouldn't put him in that because then you're just you're putting him in the midst of like a packed lineup of stars, you know. Um, so yeah, I'd probably just save. I'd probably just wait with Bron, honestly. Mm. Yeah, you got to do it right. It's like they did it. They didn't wait all this time. Which felt like too long to bring him up to the main roster just to fucking rush him into something, you know. I, I um, will say, if if Braun Strowman isn't available, I would have Braun Breaker win that meet at meet multi man, you know, look like a killer. Works. Hey, Heyman is seen a uh, ringside, in just <laughs> just kind of taking notes and logging yeah. logging notes onto his Waffle House menu. Yeah. One thing with the Kevin pitch is, I assume he's taking time off at some point, right? I he got like a broken foot. Well, is, well, you know, it's Kevin Owens, and because you know, the, the reason I say that is, you could, you could do a finish that actually establishes Bron as a heel, which I do think is the correct play. Mm-hmm. I think he has more personality as a heel. You could do a finish that establishes him as a heel, and when Kevin gets back. Then you have a feud, and I think he could learn a lot from a real feud with Kevin. You know, where they where they go around the loop a few times and so on and so forth. So, mm-hmm. few tours. You know. Yeah, man. I mean, that's <laughs> few house show loops. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's yeah, that's the beauty of wrestling like that. So yeah. Um, yeah, man. I, I like you. I like, I like the card that we uh we threw together. Uh, I like to be a little. I like it to be a little marked. Just for my, just for my little, you know, just make me feel better, you know. Like nah. mania last year, it hit nah. that good where you got the big <laughs> feuds. You got a, you got some work right in. They slipped some work. See, here's the thing: they covertly between the tag showcase last year, the Gunther three way, and uh, what else? There was something else. They got some of that, some of that markiness in there. You know what I mean? Cody, Cody, and, Cody and Roman are gonna have a five, brother. You know, it's <laughs> that match is gonna be. That's gonna be the most attitude era match in years. I'm ready. It, it, you know what's the crazy thing about a joke? If Cody, gets, if Cody gets the one two three at the end of it, it's gonna be godly. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. But like the truth, to the I, I actually universe. worry about the match in the in the sense that like. That I genuinely thought up until the finish, they created legitimate magic last year. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, that, that was special what they did. And then the finish was just. Yo, like, Joe, and the, it wasn't even just, oh, Cody lost, bro. It was like the way they executed that finish was wow. horrendous. Not creative, you know? yeah. <laughs> Joe, the DMs Monty was sending me 75% through the way of that main event. Like when you were like heading towards that home stretch and the crowd is going crazy and Cody's doing figure fours and, and dusty punches. On Roman Reigns and getting funky like a monkey, and in the part where Steen and Steen and, uh, and and Sammy were running off the Usos, Monty's just DM me like, "This is wrestling, man. This is." It was unbelievable. This... It was like trending towards the best Mania main event. It was ever... besides the one the night before it. <laughs> I was sitting there, Joe, I'm like, and I'm I'm sitting there, and I'm like, if Cody wins, I'm like, this is the best meeting of all time. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, what it was the- also quickly becoming like the absolute face of when we talk about how like the old stuff still works because they had like <laughs> a that main event basically could have played at any point in the last thirty years. 
Yes. And the place was rocking. And you, you just know this sequel is going to be the most set piece film. It's going to be it's going to be like movie sequels where it's like bigger, louder, yep. more money. You know, and, more, dumber. and dumber. dumber. <laughs> <laughs> With a new star named Dwayne too, by the way. So, And, and yeah. yet, on, if, Cody, if Cody pins Roman on top of that, it'll, it'll still work. But they really could just do like the same match with the right finish. That's know? the ideal <laughs> thing. Yeah, that's the ideal thing. The, the, the thing I, is, you even, know, look, yes, that first match wasn't, you know, wasn't Sting Flair class champions won, yes, but there was some horseshit. You know, they, they did the, uh, the inter- yeah, they was. did the ref bump and then Steen Erico coming in and all that type of stuff. And so, like, I think, I do think these guys are going to have a proper wrestling match, but with, Instead of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn doing that part, I think like it's like a Seth Rollins or some shit like that. Um, we'll see, we'll see. I uh, I will say like at, at the beginning of that first match, like do you remember those early exchanges where Cody's getting like the better of him and like the early wrestling stuff, and Roman's slipping out to the outside, and Heyman's like, "Take your time. You're the champion. You're the best in the world. You're the champion. You're the man. Don't, don't worry about it." And Roman's kind of like regrouping and shit, and Cody's in the ring. After doing some fucking steamboat shit, like he did the if you go back, he did that like leg scissors, like and it takes you down thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like where he jumps, catches you with the leg scissors, and then like yeah. flips you down to it. Yeah. Um like Ricky Morton style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ricky Morton thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ricky Steamboat does it too, but yeah. Yeah. My God, it's crazy. The match was paced in a way where it took its time, but it built so well, and the crowd is so into it. And I remember, Joe, I told you before it happened. Even <laughs> he's just going, he's, he's living it all back. over again. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like reliving. I never rewatched it. That's so funny. I've never watched it back ever in my life. And I'm, I'm gonna make a mistake. I'm gonna rewatch it before Mania. I'm gonna rewatch it. We'll see how that goes. But Joe, I don't know if you remember before that match happened. I told you, I said Cody's favorite match is Hogan Rock. They're gonna read. They're gonna recreate the feeling, and you were like, "I don't, I don't know. That's it. I don't know." I didn't think they'd be that over. Yeah, they were, and I, man. And then they got in there and had Hogan Rocky. Yeah, it was. Uh, and again, I. That's the one thing that scares me about the real scares is too strong, but it's not keeping me up at night. But you know, I do. What I always thought was a bummer about the finish last year was that crowd was incredible. You know, like, are you ever gonna get that hot again? You know, I will say. No, you never know. You never know. You never know. Like we, I always use an example now, so I apologize, folks. But that Rumble match was a great like example of that, right? Like in, every part of your brain would tell you this lot, this latest Rumble was going to have this like molten hot crowd, mm-hmm. and they just weren't that way. Like just wrestling crowds, <laughs> everyone's different. You know, like it is what it is. So, so. you know, backstage when they're, when they're plotting it out, they're like, all right, so it's going to be like yeah. Drew and Gunther and. Cody and Punk in their heads are like, this is gonna be electric. It's gonna be you could tell too. Yeah, you could tell they felt that way. But it just every crowd is different. Last year at SummerSlam, you know, Roman had got in a comfort zone with certain crowds reacting so and that SummerSlam crowd just didn't it didn't react that way, you know. So yeah, yeah, bro. He got away for so many pay-per-views of just being a fucking piece of shit. Like it's a lo- a lumbering, <laughs> laborious motherfucker. <laughs> Real grabs. That London crowd, you guys are so forgiving to this guy just walking around and looking at you and posing and <laughs> it fucking rolled. Throwing uppercuts and throwing the one up for 20 fucking minutes straight. <laughs> oh, what a KG Mudo oh, ass. Tremendous. What a tremendous note that was. You know? 35 minutes tag. <laughs> the <blind> civil war. 
Monty, 35 minute tag, and at minute 27, he was like, All right, let's pick it up. <laughs> it, look, man, it worked. It worked. That, that atmosphere was magic, dude. It was special. Dave went four and a half. He thought it was incredible. Beast. <laughs> um, I loved it. Anyway. Roman Reigns did look like the Observer Wrestler of the Year through July, which is hysterical. <laughs> which is hysterical. <laughs> he almost got away with it. We almost let him get away with it. Anyway, let's do, uh, we've got two super chats here. Uh, Showtime Spurs, $10. Got here a bit late. But I was wondering, in hindsight, if you think Jade losing in the Elimination Chamber would have been fine considering the reaction we've seen to Tiffany's performance? Yeah, I think it would have been fine if it was yeah. the I think it would have would have changed the match dramatically, though. <clears throat> Listen, yeah. I would have only have had Jade lose in the Chamber if she was going to get pinned by Becky and face Becky at Mania. But that obviously wasn't happening. So yeah. I actually do... I actually disagree with my fellow co-hosts on this one. I don't. I don't I mean, think that would have been fine because Jade's not Tiffany, bro. Like Tiffany's not like this dominant suit. Like she's got a great presence, but it's a different kind of presence, you know. Jade, Jade needs to be dominant. You know, she doesn't have to win every single match where you get yourself booked into a corner where it's like, oh, we can't have a lose, bro. But the first time she has a match where she can lose by pinfall, I don't think she should be losing by pinfall, you know. So, um. She definitely needs to win her first time she gets in the ring, I think. And, I think um, if you were setting up a Bianca Belair thing, you could have done it in a way that would have worked. I don't we ultimately settled on the, the real key is what she's doing at Mania. Right? Yeah. Like if they have a plan that goes right into effect this Friday, the chamber will be a completely forgotten part of the story. So that's the key, really. Mm. Um Madison eighty four one ninety nine appreciate it. Look up Ali Anderson shoot on Meltzer hilarious. Yeah, he was yeah, very but... mean to Dave. Very mean to Dave. He was, he was, he was. something else. Rest he was mean to everyone, really. Absolutely. Rest yeah. in peace, Ali Anderson. So he passed. He passed. I mean, Rick Flair, Rick Flair tweeted it, and uh, because that usually that's usually what happens with some of the older folks, isn't it? You know, one of Rick the fellow Fair, wrestlers will like break the news, and then there'll be like this awkward moment where it's like, "Wait, what?" You know. So um, this is when we were on the air, you're yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, Ole Anderson was mm. uh, infamously grumpy. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I, Very I, I would not. I would not confidently, you know, kind of swear by his yeah. his uh his moral compass, but I will say yes. one of the funniest shoot interview characters of all time. <laughs> and of course was the source of one of the greatest wrestling stories ever. In which Vince McMahon tried to hire him and he said, Fuck you, as one does when the most powerful person in wrestling tries to give them a job. So the next time Vince came back and he had Linda with him, he said, I'd like to meet my wife, Linda. And he said, and I quote, fuck her and fuck you too. And at that point, <laughs> only uh, ended any chance of him working for the World Wrestling Federation. Again, a very, very flawed individual is my understanding, but um, yes. a one of one character and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. So, I was actually telling AO some Ole Anderson jokes in Discord the other day, funny enough. But ones that I you know I can't do on air. But um rest in peace to one of the better tag wrestlers of his generation. Yeah. Uh very important wrestler. 
Uh, a horse a promo too, man. What a promo, promo he was. Yeah, he is a horseman, and uh, you know we're losing a lot of guys from his generation. But uh, like Joe said, you should definitely seek out an Ole Anderson interview because if nothing else, you're going to laugh because uh, he's he he is emblematic of just wrestlers of his era, like not normal people. Like they <laughs> they are. Uh, yeah. He it's worth seeking. I mean, all of his promos are great. The two that if you've never seen any Oli, um, you have to see two promos. The one after he turned on Dusty in the cage, which is like an all-time great wrestling segment in Atlanta. Um, and the other one I think that is so underrated is after he turned he's he turns babyface, the horseman turn on him, and he cuts this promo about the fire still being there. You know, it burns bright before it goes out. It's incredible wrestling prize so seek both of those out to make it to 85 that uh, being a wrestler from the 80s is pretty impressive i gotta say he made sorry he made it to 81 81 years old which uh you know gets, gets he, was a, he, was, um, he was a double booker at one point right wasn't he booking two territories at once like famously it kind of drove him nuts <laughs> so, <That laughs> so there's like a, that would, you know. yeah there's a trivia question for you two fucking territories at the same time Remarkable, remarkable. Rest in peace to Ole Anderson, uh, an insane motherfucker. You know, probably wouldn't like me very much, but you know. It's, uh... <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> um, what was I gonna say, man? What was the other thing we was gonna talk about? Yeah, Ivy, that tweet you did. A lot of people oh. kicking the shit out of you, bro. Which one? Because you think that John Moxley should be oh, Naito, the IWGP World Championship. I do. At Windy City Riot, mm-hmm. which is next month. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, so some people are like, you know, how... how the, the main the main argument I'm seeing brought up is schedule, to be honest. Um, which I think is fair, because, you know, if he's... Like, obviously, you wouldn't expect him to go, go over there and do full-time New Japan for months on end, you know? But at the same time, there can be a nice middle ground where he isn't just showing up pay-per-view week, you know? <laughs> um, so if he was showing up regularly, then I would actually be very much for it. But it, he would, like I said, it wouldn't just have to be a thing where he just shows up pay-per-view week and, you know, um, wrestles his matches then. Because then all of his matches are kind of like big matches or a tag match. Like, I want to see him go over there, really establish himself as someone he can, like, you know, we mentioned it. Yesterday, I think it was like go over there, squash some of the young boys and stuff like that, and you know, like really like establish yourself as this, you know, you know, foreign kick ass, you know, measuring stick. Um, and obviously, if he wins the title, that could be huge for you know, whoever eventually beats him for it. Obviously, most people would assume show a room, you know, obviously, these are all hypotheticals, but um, you know, obviously, AEW would have to take a bit of a backseat, and to be honest, I won't be mad at it. So it would be good for it would be honestly good for him to be away for a little bit. It would refresh him. Um these these situations are always funny because the Ibu of Russell Pierce and I will discuss something. And I think it's a pretty steady take. <laughs> and then Ibu will tweet it and it'll get the absolute shit kicked out of him and I will not in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Probably I'll cause. never I won't co-sign it. I'll just let it let it out there. Like, yes, yeah, I don't know why Ibu said that. So that was funny today, but <laughs> I uh listen, I stand by it. I think John Moxley should win the championship. I think that'd be interesting. And people are talking about 
this is a fucking stupid idea. His schedule will be fucking shit, you fucking moron. It's like, obviously in this fantasy booking idea, John would be making the towns. I don't even think he needs to be at every fucking tour. Do you think John Moxie needs to be at Road to Sakura Genesis? Uh, you know, I, I to me, if he's on the big major events and he's on a couple, he does a couple key angles on the on the shows leading to those. I think that's fine enough. And uh, people are talking about who's going to draw the house as well. Tetsuya Naito, who you guys swear by, is still going to be on these shows. And uh, he's still a big draw. He drew, he outdrew the Wrestle Kingdom last year with Keiji Muto in the main event. So, again, I don't see the problem. I think also that the, the um, infusion of John in the product would be interesting in a sense that, like we, we spoke about, Joe, it adds a different complexion to the main event scene. And you can dismantle uh, the house style because... Yeah, the way I suggested it was Monty. Th- let's say this. Let's say hypothetically, right? Uh, Shota Umino gets gets to make it to the world title match at Dominion, and he faces John Moxley this year at Dominion. And John and Shota thinks he's ready, and John just beats the fucking dog shit out of him, and he emphatically defeats him decisively in about eight minutes or so. That's shocking. That's surprising. It's a shock to the system. It rattles the cage, so to speak, of New Japan, uh, and and it teaches the audience that. Once like it retrains the audience that matches can end at any time. They don't just end after about 25 minutes or when you hear the time call. And so you do that. You give Shota an edge when he enters the G1 climax. He wins the G1 climax. He makes his way back to John Moxley. I don't see the issue with this. He was Moxley's young boy when he was a young lion. John has been a guy who has cachet with the New Japan fans. He's a former United States champion. He's been on multiple Tokyo Dome shows. He has. He was in a G1 climax. Uh, so it's not a random guy. It's not an outsider, if you ask me. And uh, you get to crown somebody that you that your promotion theoretically has faith in. So mm-hmm. I don't see the downside in this. The only downside, like you said, Monty, is the schedule issue. And to me, even if he can only make the big shows, I would still do this. Genuinely, mm-hmm. I'd still do this. And the other thing, too, is this is a less important thing, but they've actually sold tickets for this U.S. show coming up. It would be nice to do something of actual significance on one of those shows. It may help, you know. <laughs> so, you know what that teaches you, Joe? Don't fucking miss. Don't miss yeah. the town when New Japan comes to your city. When yeah. New Japan comes to your city, it's not a bullshit show. It's not a filler show. There's big matches and big stars, and things will happen. And if you if you were somebody who thought I'm going to skip out on New Japan in Chicago and John Moxley when they're top belt. You know what that happens, Joe? The next time they come into Chicago, they're going to do an even bigger house. That's usually how wrestling works. That's how house show business was helped for years. And so on multiple levels, it helps. It helps the fucking uh, relationship with AEW New Japan, in my opinion. And then when Moxie does return to a full-time status in AEW, he's now a refreshed character that can be reintegrated into a title scene that has so many people. There's so many benefits when you think about every aspect of this. Let's think about this, guys. Theoretically, by the springtime, you know who's going to be in AEW? Maxwell Jacob Friedman, Kazuchika Okada, and uh, Will Ospreay. Removing John out of the fold to then focus on some of these new guys and establish them is not the worst thing in the world. Because when John reintegrates himself, he's a new guy that he's just, it's it's a new it's a new body to throw at these guys. So, yeah, I stand by this take. Well, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about it, John? Well, it's kind of my take, so I mean, well, this is what he, this is what he does, and he, you know, he, <laughs> we talk about things. Like, we talk some the amount of times I could get off a podcast and I see Ibu's tweet, and I'm like, wait, 
<laughs> like, yeah. I, I can't really uh i think i said it like 20 hours ago so i'm pretty i'm stuck to it but right. uh yeah, look i will say i do completely get the concerns of like this promotion is struggling right now it does not need that kind of risk i get it completely so i yeah i understand that and i also understand there are definitely new japan fans watching this right now saying why the fuck should i listen to joe holbert's opinion on this the only match he watched on the weekend was nick nemeth's one so if you're saying that <laughs> i see you <laughs> You're seen and heard. Alright, yeah. let's um Oh, we got a quick super chat which is relevant. Mass time one ninety nine, appreciate you. When AJ won the IWGP, he was not routinely touring. And even if well that is true, but like it's a very different promotion now. It so is it's, a different like, it's not yeah. it's not it's not the same circumstances. Um everything's close also, by case with wrestling and it's so. he was yeah. an absentee champion though. But yeah, Bro, he did um, Battle of Los Angeles as the IWGP champion. <laughs> um, but yeah, anything. Obviously, we spoke about Elimination Chamber. Uh, we did a full review. Go check that out on the channel if you haven't already. Um, so all three of us already give our takes on Elimination Chamber. Pretty decent show, top to bottom. Don't think. Well, me and Joe were like nothing really stood out too much, you know, but everything was at a good level. But Ibu seems to think that the men's chamber was the standout match, and it was very good. They were all very good, but yeah. Um, the David Meltzer agrees with me. He thinks that the men's chamber was the best match. Oh yeah, that's such a great co-sign in twenty twenty four, isn't it? Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> that four and three quarter drop, brother. Um, what else did we have over the weekend? Obviously, SmackDown was just kind of chamber build, uh, collision. We had Brian versus Junaki Armour in the main event. Uh, we had the mm-hmm. angle with Eddie Kingston at the end, which was really cool. Um, the match was just pretty, it was pretty decent, though. You know, like if you saw the graphic, if you saw the graphic and you was expecting like an epic Brian match, you know, <laughs> with a Puro guy, you like you didn't quite get that, you know. But nonetheless, it was still, it was still a good match. Like the angle after the match, yeah, yeah. It was one of those where it's like it was a it was a worthy piece of history. I'm glad it happened. They lived up to and had a good professional wrestling match. It definitely made me kind of sit there and consider the time machine versions of that match up because June is just the fact you can still wrestle always insane. You know, (laughs) when you consider the when he broke in and the guys he was wrestling then immediately. By the way, so. Yeah, I, I like the match nonetheless, and especially once June got warmed up a little bit, I thought they had a good, a good match. So. It was a good time. It was a good time. You have a good time with Collision, either of WrestlePurus. Yeah, I, I did, and I always do. It's uh, it's just a, a consistently good wrestling show with featuring wrestlers that I enjoy. And one of the other things that hit me today was that, or sorry, yesterday was that, I just also generally, even though they added some LEDs recently that were unfortunate, I just like the aesthetic of Collision compared to Dynamite. This is a really weird, pedantic Ibu thing. I hate the visual color combination of red and blue. I think it looks like shit in any form of anything. And when Dynamite switched to the new set at the beginning of 2023, they decided their primary colors are going to be red and blue on the LEDs. And uh, since then, it's been deeply unfortunate to look at. Collision has this harmonious blend of red as a primary color with some navy blue in the background and backdrop and some light yellows here as, as highlights. And it's lovely. You know why? Because those are the three primary colors Montel of Russell Pierce. Uh, so I say all this to say that when, when the graphic came up for Eddie and FTR versus the BCC and I pumped my fist and then it said dynamite. I was like, fuck, <laughs> fuck. 
fuck? That's a Saturday. Dude, that match is crazy though, genuinely. That's incredible. And if it was on a Saturday, it'd be it'd be it'd be a quarter star higher uh, for the reasons that I outlined. Uh, reasons that are rooted in complete subjectivity and insanity. But um, by the way, uh, by the way, on slightly less important note, because that was very compelling. Um, big night for Sammy Guevara and Powerhouse Hobbs. Like yeah, they yeah, both needed it too. They'd both been just kind of like stalled. Um, and I thought they both looked really good, and like they they went for it. The match was actually kind of unhinged yeah. in terms of the effort. Definitely went for it. I thought, I mean, Sammy's generally good at those matches, but I thought Hobbs looked like really sharp there, which mm-hmm. is not always the case. I'm a fan of Hobbs, but he's not always would fit that description. So hopefully, there's like, hopefully it's not a match that we in three months just like remember that thing that never was worth <laughs> anything, <laughs> you know. So, but I thought they both looked good genuinely. So credit to him. Gotta say, uh, Will Hobbs just. Power slamming Sammy through things for about 15 minutes is a pretty good match formula. Um, uh, conspicuous by their absence was were Chris Jericho and Don Callis, who uh, I think that worked for the better in centralizing the focus here. And yeah. uh, I think it says it speaks to something that uh, people left this match optimistic uh, as a result of that. So, uh, like Joe said, we'll see what happens. Uh, I thought Brian Keith came off very hungry and motivated in his match against Malachi Black. Uh, Malachi is, uh, I don't really know what to make of him in 2024, to be honest with you. I, I'm not one of these people that takes pleasure in dunking on like where he's at with wrestling. And, and, you know, I don't even get into the weeds of the discourse of should he be doing singles wrestling? Uh, all I will say is he's somebody that I rooted for to just, you know, do well. And, uh, he just very much looks like a diminished performer at this state. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just kind of tough to pin where, where he should be right now in AEW. But, uh, I thought Brian Keith looked good in that singles match. Mark Briscoe looks to be feeding with the House of Black, and we'll see where that trends and who who are his buddies, who are going to be his friends in this in this thing. Um, I genuinely think Malachi is, and I don't mean this again because I'm the same as you. The sing the whole singles match conversation is not nothing to do with me, but I do think he's more valuable as a tag team wrestler because mm. he can plug in the offense he still does, and the people do see Malachi as a big deal, right? They do. He has a presence, and mm. I think you saw in those FTR tags. You can use that presence in a tag match where he, when he tags in, it's a bit of a moment. I think in a singles match, the stuff he does is kind of stretched thin and you see like the physical wear and tear. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, people are speculating that Serena D may be the opponent for Mercedes. And I don't know if that's the case, but if that is the case, I mean, that's, you can do, you can do no wrong with that one if you ask me. Mercedes and yeah. Serena D would be fucking tremendous. So, uh, we shall see. But Collision was just another good episode of wrestling television. Yeah, man. And we had uh, New Japan, New Beginning in Sapporo, which uh, received quite the uh, negative reviews. But we're going to let Dungo Alive do that whole review and that whole mess tomorrow. <laughs> so Dungo Alive, 7.30pm Eastern, 12.30pm. Um, at the anniversary show. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck, bro? Um, I just wanted to toss that one. Out. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> yeah, don't go live tomorrow, seven thirty p.m. Eastern. Um, also tomorrow, around about two thirty p.m. Eastern. Raw review. Jaina, uh, Ibu, Rob. And, um, yeah, keep an eye on the Respirus page. Keep up to date with what we're doing when we're going live. All that good stuff. Appreciate all the super chats. Please like and subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, man, we'll catch you next time. Peace.